Warning, MF Uncensored contains adult language and discussion. Listener discretion is advised. We're a couple of misfits. We're a couple of misfits. What's the matter with misfits? That's where we fit in. We're not that being dilly. Don't go around with Hello, everyone, and welcome back to MF Uncensored. Don't forget, if you guys are listening to us on the go, you can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, basically anywhere you guys get your podcast. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Paul, doing the intro for you guys today. We have an awesome episode planned for you guys. We have an amazing speaker, somebody who we interviewed a few weeks ago by the name of Laura Benedetto. Laura is, not only was she just fantastic to talk to, but she's also incredibly accomplished, a very, very just successful person who managed to quit her day job and is like, doing fantastic. She's an author. She wrote a book called The Six Habits, which we talk about. She did a TEDx speaking. She's a C. She owns her own ammo company, which we talked about towards the end of the episode. And just, she was pretty awesome. And she she pushed me as an interviewer to really dig deep with this one. So it's, it was a lot of fun. And I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. Before we get started, don't forget, guys, today's episode is brought to you by Raise Energy. Raise Energy is a proud member of Rep Sports. And we are huge fans here at the show. On all of our shows, we talk about Raise Energy and how much it's been helpful for us and how much we enjoy it, whether it's uh, trying to get through those morning workouts or uh, just trying to get through the editing sometimes. Even I drag a little bit despite my incredible amount of energy sometimes, and we always use a, we can always use a little bit of a pick-me-up. So if you guys go to RepSports, that's R-E-P-P-Sports.com, and enter the code MISFIT89 at checkout, you'll get 10% off your offer, excuse me, off your order. Now, also, don't forget, guys, if you're looking to uh, get involved with podcasting, maybe you guys have always wanted to do a podcast, maybe you guys have always been curious about how it starts, how to work it, if you guys go to podcast bean.com slash misfit faction you guys can get a free month of podcasting on us and if you guys are looking to start your own show make sure you guys reach out to us let us know we're always looking to add shows to our network we just added the show you hate to see it onto our website and they've been fantastic working with them we interviewed them a few episodes ago and we were actually on their show more recently so make sure you guys keep an eye out for that or maybe you guys have your own business or online service that you guys do and you're looking to get a little bit of advertising out there advertising is a big part of building any sort of business so if you guys go to sponsorship.podbean slash misfit faction you guys will get a hundred dollars worth of free advertising again that's a thank you from us to you guys and also don't forget to check out our store the misfit faction corn or excuse me the misfit faction store on the misfitfaction.com make sure you guys check it out we got brand new items there every month so make sure you guys are always keeping an eye out because that's constantly updating i just ordered some for myself and i'm looking forward to seeing it in person so you guys uh, without much further ado with the show Hello, everyone, and welcome back to MF Uncensored. Don't forget, if you guys are listening to us on the go, you can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, basically anywhere you guys get your podcast. You can also find us on our website, themisfitfaction.com. There you'll find links to all of our other shows and our brand new Misfit Faction store where you can buy all sorts of Misfit swag. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Paul, with me in the studio via the Zoom studio, because that's how you do interviews nowadays. I have with me Laura Benedetto. Laura, how are you today? Awesome. How are you? Oh, I'm as, as I said in the pre-show, I'm living the dream. That's a good thing. It is a good as long thing. as you really mean it. <laughs> it is. You know, we we talked in the pre-show that the phrase "living the dream." It's usually it depends on tone with it because everybody there are people that just they roll their eyes and they just live in the dream. But then for me, like I get to do podcasting. I get a you know I get to talk to interesting people, and I feel like today's conversation is gonna be gonna be one of the more I don't want to, I want to say interesting, but I also want to say just like deeper, just having like a mild pre-show with you. I like, I like people that challenge me and I like people that make me think because I like to think. So I'm, I'm excited to talk to you a little bit about your life and you know, where you've come from. So Laura, for those of you guys who don't know, is super accomplished for like, I'm reading her resume and I'm just blown away. And I, I have so many questions and I have so many things I want to ask her, but let's start as we usually do at the beginning. Laura, can you tell our listeners just a little bit about yourself? Sure. So I'm extremely busy. The idea of sitting still is like torture for me. I was 19 years old and I started a company largely because I couldn't hold up, hold down a job to save my life. I got fired from a whole bunch and I quit a whole bunch and I was like, this really sucks. So I wanted to start my own thing because I wasn't about to fire me and I'm not going to quit on me. So um, that worked out pretty well. So I started a marketing company called Vision Advertising. Started that at 19. It's still kicking ass today. We're in our 23rd year of business and a fabulous, fabulous group of people run the company now for me. So I retired from that when I was 
37, which was cool. Definitely needed because I was getting a little burnt out, which I hope you were going to dig into because a lot of the choices I made in my 20s and my 30s resulted in me being very sick, very burnt out and extremely crabby. I mean, just no fun to be around. When I got to that pinnacle point of, you know, retirement, it's theoretically supposed to be like this really exciting time. Oh my God, I just retired. I'm so young. Look at me. I'm a baller. No, I was just like miserable and unhappy and getting there and having that major disconnect between what I thought would happen versus what actually happened caused me to really wonder what did I do wrong? Mm -hmm. And I was chasing happiness this whole time. And apparently I don't know what the hell it is because I don't have it. So I started questioning, well, what is happiness and all that stuff. And I was able to just go down this rabbit hole of insane research and studying human behavior and really understanding like why we are happy and why we are not happy. Like the, the very best conversations, best inquiries, best anything in life is when we're asking wonderful questions and unafraid to go down the rabbit hole and follow it to see what at the very bottom. And this curiosity led me to find out what it is psychologically that makes a person happy or not. And it's actually just two sides of six different coins and that's it. And I was like, huh, so it's not the money that makes a person happy. It's it's, it's not the yoga that makes the person happy. It's, it's actually why they made the money. It's why they do the yoga. It's why. And I'm like, oh, well, what does that mean? Turns out it's the way we think. So I went on this crazy journey to see if, well, I just discovered all this awesome stuff. Let's put it to the test. So I wanted to see if I can master these things and really put them into my head. I did. I changed my life so much. I got super, super happy and I just became the best version of myself. So excited about life. I decided to move to Maui, lived there for a year and a half. That was epic. And then, you know, then it stopped being epic. And then I moved here to Florida and I'm really, really happy here. And my husband and I decided to start a business together. And now we manufacture and sell ammunition. So I'm a very, very busy lady and I'm just grabbing life by the short and curlies and having a lot of fun. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, they, a lot of people work just to retire. And I, I'm glad you say that. I, I'm personally, I'm in a job where one of the biggest perks is a 20-year retirement. Like that, mm. that's, that's one of the reasons that people like me sign up. We're going to retire when we're super young. I'm one of those people, I'm a lot like that, where I'm, I am thinking about a retirement in 14 years, but I'm also thinking about what am I going to do after? What am I going to do now? I, I can relate. I'm a very let's, let's go do things kind of person. If, right. if I go on vacation... I can only sit on the beach for so long and then I'm like, all right, let's go on adventures. Let's do things. Or, you know, with podcasting, podcasting started off as a hobby, as something I did in, in my off time with my friends. And now it's evolved into this much bigger thing where I get to connect and it's a go, go, go type mentality. So I, I like that you and I have a similar outlook with stuff like that. And you were in advertising. Advertising is a constantly evolving yep. structure. You know, what people like today isn't necessarily what they're going to like tomorrow. Well, also the technology continues to change on a weekly basis. And I'd like to tell you I'm exaggerating, but I'm not like literally every week there's something new in mm -hmm. terms of the technology that we use. So yeah, there's a lot of change. And honestly, after 19 years of that, I was like, okay, had enough. Oh, absolutely. I mean, even podcasting, like I know you, I believe you have a podcast yourself. I do. I haven't launched it yet. I'm just recording my first initial episodes to get out there. It's going to be like a bi-weekly show, but yeah, podcasting's changed a lot too. Podcasting used to be, here's your microphone. You talk for an hour and there was nothing else you had to do. Maybe some editing and then you release it. Now, like when we took a little break from podcasting for a couple of years and then we brought it back, like a lot of people did during COVID, we wanted things yep. to do. And suddenly it was like, all right, well, you have to do you have to do YouTube, you have to do Instagram, you have to do TikTok, you have to do all these different things. And I was like, I, I just want to record a show with my buddies and, and have a good time. But if you want to have successful podcasts nowadays, there's a lot of other facets that you have to address. Do you think yep. that the, the struggle with advertising constantly changing is part of the burnout that you were saying you felt? Yeah, part of it. I mean, I think also integrity is my core value. Mm. I tell you the truth. And this is one thing my clients would say about me. They get the truth from me even when they hate it. Oh, yeah. Because like the truth is integral to growth, right? But to constantly have my integrity called into question because I was selling marketing and they associated marketing with sliminess, mm. it really just, it really just mm, wore on my nerves after a long time. It's like, yeah, just because I do marketing does not make me a sleazeball. 
I'm tired of this and I'm tired of being treated like I'm trying to screw you over when I'm actually just trying to help you. Like, yeah, there's a lot of really unethical, unsavory people in the marketing space. And I know because I've got clients now who still have PTSD from being mistreated by other marketers before. You know, I'm glad that we can be the place they go to work on their PTSD from marketers, but like, shouldn't be like this. It, it just constantly like just fatigue from the continual evolution, but I'd say it was more so just how I was treated. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't treated like that by my clients once they came on board, but the sales process as the, as the principal salesperson for the company, it just got really tiring to constantly have the very thing that I stand for being the primary thing that they dispute about me. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm good. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like it, it's interesting because you, you mentioned, you know, there's a certain conception about marketing and people in marketing, but marketing is basically, it's just adapting to what people want. It's not different than I want to create a television show. Well, who's my target audience? Let's say the most popular demographic I believe is like 18 to 25 year old adult males or something along those lines. If I'm going to make a show that targets the highest demographic, I'm going to create a show that is content for that demographic. And maybe it's not the content that other people like. So I find it interesting. Advertising has always been an interesting facet because it's something that we deal with every single day and we don't even realize it. Oh, I lost your audio. Sorry, you're experiencing marketing and advertising like all around you every minute Mm -hmm. of the day. And you're also experiencing multiple brands. I mean, I'm just looking at my desk right now. I've got my HP laptop. I've got my Logitech mouse. I've got my five-star binder. I've got my Starbucks cup, my Apple this. I mean, we're, we're getting constantly bombarded by like branding, marketing, and all these subconscious things that embedded into products and how it's supposed to make you feel. And it's really, really hard to just be. Yeah. And just be in the moment, especially like there's, it feels like there's constantly go, go, go constant stimulation. Uh, Mm -hmm. My my wife and I, we just started not using electronics before bed because we were smart. I bet you sleep better. Don't you? We do. And as I blue light is bad for you. Yeah. Yeah. There are a lot nowadays. They'll be like, here's a blue light filter. I'm like, I can just turn off my phone. Like I don't, why do I need to be so accessible to everyone all the time? You know? So yeah, have- I'm really good at punching out. I, this this is an acquired skill, but now I'm just like really, really good about boundaries with myself and with other people. And, you know, I always thought that boundaries were something that, you know, was something like you do to someone else and boundaries are like, you know, I'm mad at you and I need to say this, like you're, you know, you're crossing my boundaries and just really just, bleh. you know, and it's just really easy to just be like, you know, I can't do that because I find that it makes me tired. So thanks, but no thanks. And I need to, I don't know, just hang out with my cat right now. Sorry. No, I don't want to go to your party. That sounds like, it sounds too people-y. Sorry. (laughs) Oh man, I really wish my wife was here. She would have loved that line because my wife taught me the value of boundaries, especially with the people that I always thought I had to please. I was a a very big people pleaser. And and to Mm. a point where I enjoyed just making people happy. I enjoyed, you know, I, I tell my jokes, I, I try and make people laugh, I try and always be available. Yeah. And my wife was the one that was like, you're gonna you're gonna burn yourself out by constantly yeah. being available to every single person. There's nothing wrong with taking some time and just being being present with yourself or being present with with our cat upstairs. He wanted to come down yeah. and record too. He I didn't let him. But Aw, poor kitty. Yeah, you know, he's adorable but a monster. The most, I got two of those. <laughs> you know, it's funny. They're my, currently punched out for right for right now. See, One's my, upstairs buzzing on my couch. I have a blue, bright blue couch, and I have an orange cat. He looks stunning on it, but there's now this nice orange hue. Oh yeah, that'll happen. <laughs> so the, just so you know, the story of the cat is: uh, my wife is a cat person. I am not. I was always a dog person. I was never a big fan of cats. And we live in a townhouse where a mother cat took up residence under our porch and gave birth to four cats. So me, I was like the practical problem solver. I was like, all right, we're going to call, you know, the ASPCA. We're going to call the local animal people. They'll come get them. And my wife's out there opening up a can of food for them going, what? And slowly feeding these baby cats. And I'm like, no. So we ended up adopting one of them. And now he's a member of the family. We call him the pod cat because he'll come down here and he'll sit while we record and he'll. Oh, that's cute. He can be cute, but he's also, he's he's an orange cat and orange cats are a little bit more aggressive. He likes to play. He likes to play rough. So, but 
That yeah. is the opposite of everything I've ever experienced. Really? Like orange, yeah, orange males are typically really affectionate and sweet based on everything I've ever heard and experienced. And maybe you just got the the, the, the one cat. wonky one in the batch. <laughs> the one that, that was a little too much in the batch. Oh, probably. Knowing my luck. You know, my wife, my wife laughs. She's like, you love that cat. I was like, I know, but he's still a pain in the ass. You can love your kids and still call them pains in the ass. Yes. Yes. That <laughs> describes my dog. I love my dog very much, but she is, yep. Pain in the bum. That's for sure. So you mentioned a little bit about your twenties and the burnout that you were experiencing the go, go, go and the creating mm -hmm. a successful business. But you also mentioned that you made some mistakes during that time. I want to hear a little bit more about your 20s and creating this business and maybe some some things that you realize now that you wish you had realized beforehand. Sure. Oh my God. Well, here's the fun part. I'm still making a ton of mistakes because, you know, I'm a human and that's what humans do. So in my 20s, oh my God, I think I, I mean, if there was a mistake to make it, to make, I made it, you know, just going after two, things too aggressively, sometimes just talking too much, not pursuing things enough, leaving money on the table, not negotiating when I should, you know, thinking too small. Biggest mistake I made was not working on myself and prioritizing my well-being. It's, it's still, still something that my just general way of being like tends to be still, but I consciously now I'm like, Ooh, nope, that one's familiar. That's a mistake. Nope. Not doing that. So I, I take a lot more time off than I used to. And it gives me a lot more energy. So when I am punched in, I can actually produce more effectively and powerfully. Yeah. My God. Like I, I accomplished a lot in my twenties. Like I, that's when I started creating jobs. It's when I won a ton of awards, almost all the awards that I pursued were in my twenties. I really didn't pursue much in my thirties. Cause I just, I was like, well, I have 18. I don't really care anymore. And yeah, it's weird. Like I, I think probably one of the biggest mistakes I made is when I found some incredible momentum in my career, I didn't keep the momentum. Right. I got comfortable. And that was a huge mistake that I think a lot of people make and should not. It's a, it's a form of self-sabotage. But I, I mean, I think the biggest mistake that I made is I just, I didn't really go out there and live my life. Mm. I didn't really experience the joy of just being young in my twenties and doing crazy stuff. I mean, when all my peers were out there getting drunk and having a ball, I was working, right. I was building a company. And, you know, when they were out there, you know, dating, I wasn't, I was alone and it's fine. I mean, it just, yeah, my life went a little differently just because I prioritized working so much and I really wanted to be successful and I really wanted a lot of money. And I, I just equated, if I have a lot of money, then I'll be happy. If I work a lot, then I'll get a lot of money and blah, 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 just all the transitive logic. So basically if I work a lot, then I'll be happy. And to a degree, it was partly true because I really enjoyed what I was doing with the exception of the stuff that I mentioned earlier, right. except I didn't realize the price I was paying. When I got to 37, I was bleeding internally and my new marriage was already falling apart. And I was just utterly and deeply exhausted and depleted. That's just not the way a person, person should be. So, you know, a lot of these lessons that I learned later after doing all the research these are things that I now wish to give to all my younger friends in their 20s and even in their teens if they start business that young. Please don't make these mistakes. Your health is something that cannot be ignored. Stop selling it. Go live your life. You know, go out, do all the crap you think you want to do now. Go to all the nightclubs, get drunk, have sex with half the world, like do whatever you want. Because I promise you, when you get to a certain age, you're going to think you're going to do all this stuff later. No, you're going to have a favorite spatula. That's who you're going to be. You know, it's funny. <laughs> Everybody, there, there are some things that you know you're an adult when you have a favorite spatula, but you also have a burner on the stove that you always use. Like that's the one on the oh, stove. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Listen, sometimes I'll get crazy and use a different burner. Okay. Let, let's not go. Oh, all right. Don't hurt yourself on that one. But like, I know. <laughs> it's funny, like as adults, we do get that, that sense of com comfort and yeah. you, that sense of routine. And don't get me wrong. I'm a, I'm a disciplined person. I was raised, I was raised a certain way. My dad is one of the hardest working guys that I know. And he had a, he has a very similar mindset to what you had, where it was, if I provide to my family, I'm showing love and affection and I'm, and I'm doing what I'm supposed to. So my dad is a workaholic and he's, he's well into his sixties and he's still working and he loves his job. But like, we'll go to uh, the, one of the first times my wife, when we were dating, met my dad. 
we were at the family beach house and my dad is on on the beach he's sitting in a lawn chair whatever and he's taking conference calls he's like i gotta call japan and we're like wait what and he's sitting there on this conference call doing work while we're all you know at the beach and that's just the way that he is and for him if he's not working he's not providing so he's constantly constantly go 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 and i watched my dad have two major heart issues because it's like you were saying you have to be able to take care of yourself like for me personally i work a very stressful job and if you guys are listening know what i do for a living you know what i do for a living but one of my biggest priorities is i wake up every morning at 4 a.m and i take time to i do a little bit of meditation i do some stretching i work out i train i have a healthy breakfast and then i start my day and that's part of my morning routine and a lot of people when i say i wake up at 4 a.m they're like why and I'm like, because if I don't do it then, there's a chance I may not have a chance to work out, train, hydrate, do all these things because my job is a, can be a very go, go, go type job and not mm-hmm. by choice of my own. So you also have a book, if memory serves correct. I do. It's called The Six Habits. It is the product of me changing my life so much that I wanted to share this love with other people. Mm-hmm. I worked with clients when my ideas were simply theories and some beta testers to just be like, you know, I changed my life. Try these ideas, see if they can change yours. And, you know, it just keeps proving itself out. The book's been in print for two years now. And, you know, people love my book and I get so much incredible feedback. I mean, it's so funny when I know someone who's reading my book, they send me like screenshots, you know, or like pictures of the page and they're like, oh my God, this, oh my God, you wrote this book for me. You're in my head. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. But like the book is all about giving people just like a real practical down to earth approach to how you can change your life from where you are. Like, you know, you don't have to, you know, just wake up one day and just be a different person. You can totally be who you are and still do all the things that you do if that is actually serving you mm-hmm. and, and make some tweaks to the way you think. And, and every book you read after mine will work better for you, will resonate longer, will actually make an impact because these are the foundational items upon which you build every other lesson in your life. You know, so the book teaches six foundational habits. I'm not going to get into each one because that why spoil the movie. But like one of the things that you mentioned was presence. That's one of the habits is like truly being present. It's put your damn phone down, you know, like stop worrying about your work day. When you get home, be with your kids. If you have kids or be with your girlfriend or your boyfriend or whatever your people are calling them these days, like, you know, just, <laughs> just be, be, just be man, just be, just Go outside, feel the breeze in your hair, if you have any. <laughs> well, you're you're you know? in Florida right now, so I bet your breeze is much better than us up here in New York. It's a little chilly today for us. Yeah, but like, you know, go outside and like find tranquility in the middle of chaos in yeah. New York. I mean, that's the thing like I love about New York is like you can find stillness in the middle of insanity because it's there's it's just it's the too muchness of it all that allows you to actually tune all of it out. And that's amazing. And yeah, I'm in Florida. It's very breezy today. I love it. Like the breeze is like my favorite thing ever. But like, you know, presence is such an important thing that you mentioned. And it's it's critical. And you know, like your wife was telling you, you need to have better boundaries so you can actually be present with things. And she's right. Absolutely. You know, this is important. And the thing is, our society does not outwardly reward people who do these things because we love people who are subservient, obedient, and will buy all of our crap mm-hmm. because we want to use people. That's what our society is set up to do. Or even our education is set up to indoctrinate people and turn them into employees rather than employers. So if you think a little differently and you're willing to be like, nope, I'm rejecting your ideology, it's terrible. And you're willing to live aware of the lies that you're being fed every single day. Like all these products that you know are marketed to you to every day, their basis for selling it to you is your belief that you are not enough. Right. Right. So if you can opt out of that, you'll buy less stuff. You'll, if you can opt out of the need to constantly be entertained You'll opt out of less, you know, shiny objects and your phone, and you'll actually opt into being alive and, and really just 
get the thrill of like what it means to actually live this very brief but amazing life. And the fact that we got these weird little flesh suits that we walk around in, like how amazing is it that we can do something that as simple as actually feeling a breeze on our skin and like ruffling up your arm hair or something like what a thrill. And we take so much of life for granted, Mm -hmm. but like we are surrounded by abundance by joy, by possibility, by children's laughter, the insanity of the city, the tranquility of like the suburbs. And there's just so much of life. It's truly beautiful, but we're so freaking checked out trying to please other people, trying to be a cog in the machine that we're completely missing our own lives. And we're doing this for the sake of pleasing society. Mm -hmm. Don't. Reject all of it. That's my advice to you. Reject all of it. I'm telling you, I'm telling anyone listening to this, just be like, no, man, this is stupid. I don't get to be alive for a very long time. And I would like to enjoy my youth. I would like to enjoy my twenties. I didn't do that. I worked the whole time. You know, I enjoyed some of my thirties. I'm enjoying the hell out of my forties. It's like, you know, now I'm committed to having fun. I take off like anywhere from eight to 12 weeks a year. And I travel a lot because guess what? I can. And even if I have a million things to do, guess what? I'll do them better if I can recharge my batteries more often. Like I am present. And so when I was living on Maui, you know, I didn't have a lot of pictures of things because I'd leave my phone behind half the time. Mm -hmm. Like I don't need to document this. I need to live this. There's a difference. You know, I don't need yet another picture of the sunset. I know what they look like. Also, I can't photograph it as well as photographers. I'm just going to Google one if I need it that bad. I'm just going to go live it, experience it, stare at it, marvel at it. I mean, God, one of the most profound things I ever saw that just ripped my heart in half is sitting on the beach after I moved there, living in so much gratitude. Like, I can't believe my crusty ass gets to live here. Like, why me? Why am I so special? And I see all these tourists obsessed with the sunset to the point where they're taking pictures of it. And meanwhile, I'm just looking at them and then looking back at the sunset and just deeply appreciating. I can see the whales jumping in the water. They can't because they're trying to get the perfect shot. Mm -hmm. I'm feeling the breeze. I'm feeling the sand between my toes. I'm laughing at my dog while she's obsessively trying to get the sand out of her toes and like living, damn it. That's the point. This is one of the six habits. Imagine what would happen if you mastered only this one. It's, it's crazy to think like my wife and I have a, a few rules. Like when we go on vacation, people always bust our balls about it because they're like, why don't you have any pictures? We're like, cause we were doing things like we were enjoying it. Like we went mm-hmm. to, we went to Myrtle beach not too long ago. And the best part of it for me was not the touristy stuff, not the shopping, not the, the shows. It was, we took an hour walk on the beach and it was just the nicest thing, you know, shoes off, just talking and just being present and just. My wife and I yep. love talking about, you know, goals or what we want to do with life, what we what we plan, what, you know, makes us laugh, what makes us sad. A lot of people don't realize that, you know, you have to have the tough conversations too. And we find that the best time to do that is when our phone is off. When we go out for date night, we're we're very strict about no phones and we we talk and we laugh and we, you know, we talk about the serious stuff too. So, yeah, you have to. I think I I might be living in the same marriage now. It's nice when you can do that. Like my husband and I, we have those hard conversations too. We talk about important things and, you know, now we're business partners. Now we're really talking about like lots of important things and shoot, sometimes we'll just go for a walk, you know, just to like reconnect. And it's like, hi, hubby, I miss you. Can I just go be your wife and like walk with you down to the end of the cul-de-sac, please? You know, and like not talk about work. It's crazy. Like, I never thought that, you know, I'm, I'm 34. I don't know. I'm in my, my mid thirties. My wife and I just got married about two years ago. We had a COVID wedding where we were, no one was there. Well, we were supposed to get married two years ago. And uh, unfortunately with COVID, our, our wedding venue tried to, it's like you said, leaving money on the table and negotiating. They tried to lowball us bad and take advantage. They were like, we can do your ceremony for 50 people and a champagne toast. And everybody's got to wear masks and no dancing, no food. And I said, I paid you 11 grand already. We're not so we actually renegotiated so they moved they moved our ceremony, they kept our date and our and our deposit and all of our money for the following year and they gave us the date that we wanted. So we did our covid wedding where we went to the courthouse and we there's a whole story there too, but I, mm. we don't have enough time for that. But we I never thought that like we would have a date night. Like we schedule a date night and we schedule time to talk and we, you know, like you don't think about That's that. Good. You don't think about it though when you're in your 20s and 
You know, no. my, my wife is my longest relationship to date. I was never a long-term relationship guy in my twenties. I was, I was one of those people. I lived it up. I had a, a job that, you know, I thought I was going to be my future and I was living my best life and, you know, yep. li- and doing, you know, the drinking and the partying and then this and the that. And it wasn't until I turned about 27 that suddenly I was like, holy shit, like I, this is real lifetime. This is, this is like, what am I going to do? What's going to make me happy? And I'm, I'm very fortunate that I did find a job that gives me that sense of fulfillment. And it's through my job that I actually met my wife, which is even funnier. So, Aww. yeah. And now she was same thing. She, she had a job that she enjoyed and then she wanted mm-hmm. to move up and get a better job and the second that that workplace wasn't good for her because of mm-hmm. the people that were working there, I told her, I was like, then quit. We can always make more money. Like money's, yeah. money's a thing. We can get more things. Your happiness, your your mental well-being, the fact that you're not sleeping and you're having nightmares about going to work, like screw that. You, we'll get another job. Find something. We, we can always – and she did. And it's been much better ever since. But That's amazing. Good it, for you, man. And, but, I you love know, hearing that. It, it was a learning process and a lot of people don't mm. realize it. You know, we see a lot of people, their, their first relationship is their parents. You know, my parents divorced when I was young, so and remarried to much more appropriate spouses in my very humble opinion. But you know, as <laughs> a kid, we, we don't see the, we're not supposed to see anyway, the, the trouble that, that marriages go through and you don't learn it until you're, you know, suddenly you're in the shit and it's like, all right, well it's, it's make or break time. Like my wife and I went through things. You know, like a lot of couples do. And we had the choice of either, all right, well, you know, that very millennial, if it's broken, I want to get a new one mentality because like that's how us millennials tend to be. But my wife and I worked through it and we, we powered through and we, you know, we did what we had to do and our lives changed for the better from it and we're better people and a better couple. So I love that. Good for you, man. Thanks. Good for you. I'm totally celebrating you. I appreciate that. You know, I, I like talking to people that – so f- just so you know, I did – I worked as a martial arts instructor for years and martial arts – Really? Oh, yeah. For about I, – I trained for about 20 – I still trained about 24-ish yep. years. I taught mm-hmm. since I was 16. I was like, I'm going to I'm gonna open up my own Taekwondo school. I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to be awesome. And it just – it didn't work out. It didn't was, – it wasn't fulfilling me in the right way. And I still – and that doesn't mean I didn't love it and I didn't enjoy right. it but it just wasn't where I was supposed to be. And unfortunately, my generation, you know, obviously you're in your 40s, I'm in my 30s, my this younger generation, we're like afraid to take time off. We're afraid that we're going to get in trouble. This actually happened to me at work I know. Rec- at work recently where I wanted to take off a week and I was hesitant to do so. And one of the guys, he's, you know, he maybe 5 6 years older than me, he goes, "Dude, it's your time to take off. Somebody will cover for you. You're you're good. Take your time off." And it's weird to hear that nowadays because everybody's so afraid of just, well, I gotta, I gotta make the money, I gotta do the job, I gotta do well. And right. I like that your mentality is is so much more. Hey, you gotta take care of yourself. If you can't take care of yourself, how are you? you how are you gonna take care of anybody else? So yeah, I've got this twenty six year old doing sales for one of my companies, and man, he's motivated. He's, and he's like, oh yeah, I get up at four 30 every day. And you know, like I'm sending emails and I'm doing this and doing that. And I was like, why? He's like, because I have to do it all. I'm like, no, you don't. Mm-hmm. Who told you that? You know? And he's, and you know, we started talking and you know, he's, he has this real, like, I don't know, I can do anything attitude and I love it, except it's a little unhelpful to him. Right. right? And I, and I I said to him, I was like, look, one of the things I really hope that you appreciate about working with me is I'm never going to allow you to set yourself on fire. And that includes right now, like you need some time off. You need some time with your wife. You need some time with your kids and you need some time with yourself. Mm -hmm. You need to not actually be productive because you're going to be able to accomplish more. And he's like, yeah, I guess. But, you know, and then after about like, kind of gave him like a 20 minute motivational speech, but like, you know, at the end of it, he's like, this might be the best advice I ever got in my whole life. And basically what I said was, I was like, these moments are going to go by so quickly. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to miss these moments with your kids and you're going to be sad because you can't get them back. And this precious time when you and your wife are so young and in love, like, I mean, you're 26 and you're already married with kids. I mean, come on, man. Like, like, really enjoy this time. And I said, also, you're going to work so much more efficiently. If you have time to actually 
you know, put things down and step away. You'll have more enthusiasm, more passion, more this, more that. And he's like, yeah, I know. And I said, I know it's really hard to onboard this, isn't it? He's like, yeah. Cause I was always taught you just work, work, work. And I'm like, I was too. I said, but you know, and I, I told him all about my journey and everything. And he didn't know that prior to this point. And he, he's just like, wow yeah, something's got to give. And I was like, yeah, because you know what? You think that right now, because you're not feeling any consequences that they're not coming, mm -hmm. they are. And you don't realize it. And people will have heart issues. People will get divorced because their spouses go unloved. Their kids won't know their parent. You're, you know, you'll get bitter. Like grass grows, we water it, man. And it's like, if all the water you have is going into just your career, you are really screwing up this whole life thing. Like, you know, you got to find a way to work smarter, not harder. And, you know, people really don't know what that means. And that's okay. I didn't know what it meant either. But like, for me, what working smarter and not harder means is I work when I need to. Mm -hmm. And I work really intensely when I'm in the mood to, but then when my body is like, yo, slow down, you need a break. I take one, I go to bed early. Like, I'll just be like, you know what? I know that's due today. Looks like they're not getting it today because I can't do a good job right now. And it's going to take me five hours to do a one hour project because I'm so stupid right now. Cause I'm mm -hmm. so tired. Like, no, listen to my body. Like, you know, I was just in Utah last week filming a documentary and it was like just the perfect timing. Like I could have gone out just for the, the, the filming and just con back. Right. Um, I was like, no, I'm going to actually stay here check out the spa, check out the mountains and really just spend some time, you know, getting back in touch with myself and really restore. And I'm going to, you know, do the mandatory things that I have to do, mm -hmm. like the billables for vision advertising and all that stuff happens the same day every the month. I still do that. Like that I had to do and I had to do some other stuff, but it's just like, you know, other than that, I'm really not going to do anything. I'm really just going to return to me here. I'm going to rest. I'm going to go to bed early. I'm going to like get some good sleep. I didn't even go out to eat. Like I, I, I specifically got a room that has a kitchen in it. That way I could make food that I know nourishes me because mm -hmm. I hate eating out because it's loaded with terrible ingredients and it's designed to really just make you fat. And I, I'm like really picky about a million things. And, and it's just like, I just felt so full when I came home, like I felt like ready to work. I was enthusiastic and happy. And to me, that's working smarter, not harder because I, I mean, like I'm still doing the same volume of work, but I'm doing it at probably twice the pace. So now instead of taking like a one hour project, taking five hours, a one hour project will now take a half an hour that's because awesome. I'm so restored that I'm like beast mode, ultra clear. And I'm not reacting to other people the same way a tired brain would mm -hmm. like, you know, for example, so the ammo company, it's, it's, you know, still new and it's got a lot of different things going on. And I have to, as a CEO of the company, I have to make a lot of decisions pretty much every single day. What are we going to do with this? Do we take advantage of this opportunity? Is this a good opportunity? What do we do? Is this hurtful, helpful? How do we quote this? Yada, yada. And a tired brain makes bad decisions. A well-rested, happy brain makes great decisions. And especially when other people are, I want to be very clear about this. When you work with other people, like it could be in your company, your spouse, you know, coworkers, whatever, other people don't plan well. And then that threatens to become your emergency. Right. But you don't have to let it become your emergency because if you are centered and tranquil and you have a stillness that is completely impervious to other people's chaos, like, I'm sorry, you're not rested. I'm rested. That sounds like a you problem. We're still going to be making the correct decision today because my brain is operating at full capacity because I've rested. Right. So, I mean, it's like, again, with the whole presence thing, like, my God, I was out Antelope Island in Utah, absolutely stunning beauty, cold, and I haven't been cold in a while. And it was just so awesome to just sit on a rock. Nobody else was around me for miles. No one. And it was, I'm just sitting on a rock and I'm just like watching birds fly overhead and just listening to the birds and just checking out neat little insects and stuff and just admiring the beauty of the mountains and the distance and the blue sky and everything. And it's like, I mean, I, like work was the furthest thing from my mind. Mm 
sales, bullets, marketing, consulting, books, nothing. I didn't care. I was just like, this is awesome. Yeah. I wonder what kind of bird that is. <laughs> like, what a neat little bug, you know? Like, oh, I got to get a picture of this bug so I can check it out later. Like, you right. know, just getting to be a kid again and enjoy the just the curiosity of life. But man, we got to, all of us have the invitation to just not do what I did in my 20s, which is basically give away my 20s. You know, it didn't occur to me until like my 30s were almost done. Yeah. But like, man, I'm making up for lost time. Like I have a lot of fun, but I still accomplish a ton and people don't think they can. It's like, well, I need to work more so I can make more money. No, you don't. No. You need to work smarter to make more money. It's like putting all the air in one tire of your car. You got four tires for a reason. People <laughs> That's a great, great analogy. I, I, like I can't I can't take credit for it. My my former Taekwondo instructor and my, one of my mentors, he would always say, he's like, you got four tires on your car. If you're only putting air into one of them, that tire is going to be, it's going to run well, but the rest aren't going to, and you can't run a car with only one wheel. So for me, it, it took a long time. Like for me, I, I struggled with, uh, with body image for a long time, like how I saw really? myself and, oh yeah, yeah. And for me, I equated how I looked in the mirror with how, with how successful I was being. So if I looked in the mirror and I was like, man, I'm looking shredded today. I feel good. I was putting my, my body through the ringer just to get there. You know, it was, well, I'm going to try all these supplements. It's like you said, advertising. We want, everybody wants that quick fix, especially when it comes to losing weight or doing anything like New Year's resolutions are the big ones you're going to see trilli mm -hmm. trillions of ads for, you know, Planet Fitness and stuff like that. And right. in my 20s, my biggest struggle was, was how I viewed myself. And that was a self-esteem issue. And I didn't realize it. And one of the, the greatest things that, you know, my wife and I realized was that it's, oh, it's great to be healthy. I love being healthy. You know, I, I eat my healthy foods. I still enjoy my foods, but I eat healthy. I enjoy my, my alcohol within reason. And I, mm -hmm. I try and sleep. Sleep is the one thing that always kind of gets away because I'm because <laughs> I constantly want to do things. I want to I want to adventure. I want to be that person. My wife is not a morning, right. My wife is not a morning person at all. And oh, I really? and I am. So like the second like I wake up, it's all right. Let's let's go. Let's move. And she'll just be like, don't don't talk to me for the next hour and a half. I need my. And she's honest. She's like, I need my time. I this is my time to to wake up. And prepare myself for the day. And I'm like, cool, you do you. And then I'll like run downstairs, feed the cat, work out, do whatever. And then she'll come downstairs and she'll be ready to go. And it's about finding those, like we said, those boundaries and being respectful of other people's boundaries. But at the same time, I wouldn't be where I was if people didn't push my boundaries and push me to do better. Like one of the things that I like you said before was that you are very honest with people and mm -hmm. you don't sugarcoat. And I find that especially in our generation nowadays or in our world, everybody's very, it's okay. You don't have to do, like, I learned way more from somebody getting in my face and being like, yo, you got to do this. Like, this is, mm -hmm. and this is why, like, here's the reason why. And it, it may not make you feel good at the time, but you get so much value out of it. And, Absolutely. And I'm a I mean, firm believer in it. Truth is important and we have to be brave enough to tell truth to ourselves to receive truth from other people and to tell truth to other people. Like truth is so, so important. And I don't think it's prioritized enough in our culture. Yeah. I mean, honestly, and I, I say this with all the love for my fellow residents of the South. Sometimes people always don't say what they mean because they want to be polite. Mm -hmm. Well, screw polite. I'd rather tell you the truth. And I think you end up having more sincere friendships this way. You get people who call you on your blind spots. People, they, they, they know you love them. You know, it doesn't mean you need to be a jerk about the truth. I, you know, I even write that in my book, like we call it brutal honesty. Why does it have to be brutal? Mm -hmm. Why can't you just be nice about it? Like you can tell the truth to people and be very loving. Do you can tell the truth to yourself and be very loving. And if someone else tells you the truth and maybe it didn't land so well, it's probably because they're trying to find their way to do it nicely. And it's awkward, but like, I think we as a culture need to really just invite more honesty and not be afraid of it. Like there's, there's unpleasant stuff to be found in honesty, but there's a lot more unpleasant stuff in pretending that things are fine. Yeah. Especially you, you hold all that stuff in and you repress it and it just, it, yes, it's, it's, it, it, it creates almost like a disease inside you and your body reacts and your mind reacts. And it's, it's like you're making yourself sick and why to make every, to make everybody else's day a little bit easier. Yeah. Why? There, there's That's... no, 
live your life, enjoy your life. Like I, I love your mentality. It's it's very much like the, you know, you're you're only here for so for so long. Short short lip in the universe. Enjoy it. Oh yeah, like why why take it for granted? Like there's no value in that. Like we we're not winning some sort of prize. I mean, you know, like. Mm. So I know you get up really early, you're a morning person, but there's a lot of people who use that almost as like, you know, a badge of honor. Well, I wake up at four o'clock every day. What do you do? It's like, oh, yeah. bro, it's not a contest. I sleep till eight or nine because I don't wake up till I'm done sleeping. Well, what time do you set your alarm for? That's hilarious. I don't set it. I wake up when I'm done sleeping. And sometimes that's at seven. Sometimes it's at six. Sometimes it's at nine. I'm just super responsive to what my body needs, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think we need to be And like, man, this whole hustle grind culture. mm, I've got some choice words for that. It's just, (laughs) it's so destructive and it's, you know what? I bought into it for a long time and it took me years to really fundamentally understand that like making money is easy. It's fun. It's also not everything. It's, Honestly, like when you're joyful and you've got this really great energy about you, people want, like throw money at you. Oh, yeah. They just, they, they're like, oh my God, I want what she has. Like, okay, well then let me share what I have. Like I can teach you about marketing, about business, about you, about joy and sadness and trauma and now ammo. <laughs> like, so, you know, people want to be around good energy. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it, if, if you're like a wellspring of it, that's how, that's one way to work smarter, not harder. Cause then you get to raise your rates mm-hmm. because you get more people in demand for you because you are awesome. And someone people want to be around. Right. You know, we have a, at our job, we call them black clouds. They're the, they're the people that just <laughs> all the time. They're just, they're just miserable. And yeah. you know, unfortunately my job does attract a certain mentality, but what is your job? Your audience might know, but I don't, I I'm in law enforcement. Oh, ooh, yeah. yeah. You're dealing with some unpleasant folks. Yep. And uh, I, they call me a white cloud because I literally, even on like bad days, I'm still like, you know what? I'm, I'm here and I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing and I enjoy what I do for the most part. Obviously, there are bad days. Everybody's got bad days. But mm-hmm. yep, you see a black cloud and nobody wants to socialize with the black cloud. They don't want to deal because no. good energy attracts good energy. And I like to – I call me naive, but I like to think most people are good. There are a lot of great, good people in this world. And I yep. think people want to be near other people that make them feel good too. So that's just my little. I would agree. I think that, you know, like I'm, I'm very passionate about the subject of sovereignty and like mm-hmm. people's individual liberties, but also the responsibility that lies within that. Because sovereignty is both. It's not just freedom to and freedom from. It's responsibility to and responsibility for, mm-hmm. right? And people really miss that. But here's the problem. Like, like sovereignty, happiness is not something people know what to do with. Mm. So yeah, they want to be around it, but oftentimes they'll self-sabotage. They end up comparing themselves to that person who's really happy or whatever. And then they'll end up feeling worse and then avoiding the person, you know, but like, you know, same thing with responsibility. Sometimes people don't know how to handle the responsibility of something. So they're like, well, I don't want it, you know? And they find themselves perhaps in like a domestic abuse situation where they're like, I need you to take care of me because I can't take care of me. And then there's financial abuse, domestic abuse, the whole thing. Mm -hmm. It's just terrible. Like abdication of responsibility, abdication of sovereignty, abdication of happiness. Like we need to A, believe that we're worthy of it. B, that we, if we don't know how to deal with it, that we can learn and that we are worthy of learning. Like our society doesn't set people up to be happy, quite the opposite. And I'm sure given your day job, you see it all the time. You see the product of what society has done to people and setting them up to feel less than and keep people trapped in crappy situations. I mean, the fact is, and I know you're going to agree with this, happy people don't do as much bad stuff. Weirdest thing, right? Right. So, you know, like my mission with the whole six habits book I want to give people the tools to be happy because the whole damn civilization rests upon it. Like you see so much war and like political fights and all this stuff that like at a, at a really large, like philosophical level is a fundamental problem. Oh yeah. Like, but if you actually take care of the Genesis problem, which is the deep feelings of unworthiness and fear inside of people and you know yeah i understand people are born into different advantages and you know different financial situations and different 
skin colors and bodies that can do different things. I, I know that, but we all have the opportunity to take the cards we're dealt with and do the best we can with what we have mm -hmm. and find joy within the life we're given. There's, there's opportunity for everybody. You know, I've seen some of the poorest people with like a toothless grin and they're actually happy. I mean, these people inspire me because they're so like just in love with being alive and they love people so much. And I've seen the richest people be so crabby and so mean. Right. And it's like, like who peed in your cereal this morning? What is wrong with you? <laughs> like we have an opportunity to make this world better. And, and I mean, I think it was Gandhi that said it, you know, be the change you wish to see in the world. Yep. And for me, the change I wish to see in the world is to actually be the happy, successful person that can show other people it's possible. I went like, I, I mean, I've declared bankruptcy. My poor parents, they went through hell. My dad was disabled when I was a year old and I was on food stamps and we didn't have like hardly anything. We had the roof over our head. Thank God my mother was taking care of everything. She's very smart, but it's like, I've got ADHD. I grew up poor on food stamps. I had the crap kicked out of me in a domestic relationship where I was financially, physically, sexually, psychologically abused. You know, I was picked on like crazy and bullied. And yet here I am. Like that was the, pardon the phrase, that was the shit sandwich that I was handed. Well, I made something out of it. And I'm not saying that my story was better or worse than anybody else's, but that's just my story. Mm -hmm. And I had a lot of things that would make it so happiness wouldn't be the obvious conclusion, right? And it wasn't for a long time until I woke up and it was just like, oh my God, what am I doing? Right. Right. And then I just, I got like the, what am I doing was the universes slash God or whomever you, whatever you believe their way of slapping me in the face and just being like, hi, this is your wake up call. You don't have to do this, that, this way you can have fun. You can be joyful. You can make this world better. Start with you, make you better. Here's the secret sauce. Now share this with everybody else. Help other people be happy, help other people love each other, help other people take their shit sandwich and turn it into something great. You know? <laughs> Oh man, I love it. But unfortunately, we are running a little low on time. So for our listeners, if they wanted to get your book, hear your podcast when it gets released, what are the best ways to uh, to find you on the old internet, as it were? So if you go to thesixhabits.com, it's T-H-E-S-I-X habits.com. You can find me, you can check out my other companies, check out my website. I, I mean, my main website is lauradibenedetto.com, but so few people can spell it. I don't really generally throw that one out there, but you can get to that from thesixhabits.com. My book is also available on Amazon, also on Audible. So if you enjoy the sound of my voice, then I will read the book to you. Oh, you narrated uh, it too? Damn straight. Very nice. I love when authors read their own books. It just lends so much more intimacy and context to it. You know, and I really wanted to do that. So that's yeah, awesome. that's that's kind of where I live. You can check out my TED Talk. You can check out the book. There's also a, a cool assessment. So if you read the book and you're like, oh my God, this is me. I don't know where to start. If you take the assessment, it's like really cheap. You can see exactly your personal roadmap of like where to start and make your life better literally the very same day. That's awesome. Laura, thank you so much for sitting down with us. This was this was fantastic. Like I had a, it's been a while since I've been so engaged in just talking with somebody and just resonating so hard. So I, I really appreciate it. I know our listeners are gonna appreciate it too. Well, thank you. Of, this has been fun. Of course. So that's gonna wrap up our interview with Laura. We're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back. <laughs> 